Peace and prosperity is my first salute to you. I'm Merton Clark, and welcome to the Word of Truth Revealed podcast. It is my desire to build you up, to increase your spiritual stamina and tenacity, to empower effectiveness and help you discover your purpose. Enjoy this vibrant and dynamic message. Ooh, I feel good being in the pulpit. I was born to do this. I was born to hold a microphone and preach to you. I was born to pastor you. I was born to do what God has called me to do. I feel energy. I feel the spirit of God is going to help some of you deal with issues that you're facing. Hallelujah. There is no right way or wrong way to love and there's no right way a wrong way to grieve. But there are healthy ways to deal with grieving, the grieving process. No one is critiquing you on the right way or the wrong way in how you manage uh, grief. But there are some healthy ways, and I want to move you toward a healthier way of dealing with your grief. So what is grief? What is grief? Well, Bishop, why are we talking about grief? Well, if you're not in it, you're going to go through it. And if you're in it, you need some help to help you through it. A spiritual RX to make sure you're inoculated. All of us, the older you get, especially after 50 years old, you're going to have to lay people to rest. It's much loss. and You need to know how to deal with grief. Grief is a natural response to loss. And What I want to do right now is just break the notion uh, in any church or religious person or anybody that knows who Jesus is, that you, there's a notion that you're not supposed to cry if you know Jesus. And then there's also this mentality that you're supposed to shout at every funeral. You got to praise your way through. And there's a balance that I want to bring here. I believe we need to grieve our way through properly and healthily. I want you to be healthier after this is over. And you need to go through the stages and do what you need to do to better yourself, to balance yourself. Grief is a natural response to loss. So stop trying to super spiritualize it. You don't have to say amen and hallelujah and I'm all right and they're in a better place. What you want to do is allow the process to take place. It is the emotional suffering you feel when someone close to you, when someone you love is taken away from you. Sometimes it's sudden, sometimes it's gradual. Whatever way it happens, it's a process that you need to go through. It is the pain of that loss. And you have a sense of over, a feeling of, uh, you're like you're overwhelmed with it. Believe me, I understand it well. You wish you could have been there. What would you say to the person that you lost if you were there? Maybe there was a strain on the relationship and you wish you could have gotten it straight. Or maybe you said something pretty sharp right before they passed away. Or the loss took place and you wish you could have corrected it. All of these emotions are swimming around in your soul. You may experience all kinds of difficulties. 
all kinds of difficult and unexpected emotions when you lose someone that's close to you. Don't turn that dial if you're not going through it. You will. Sometimes you can move from a strong emotional feeling of being shocked and suddenly you move to anger. Angry at who? Angry at everybody. Some people even get angry at God. You also move to a place of disbelief. Of disbelief and guilt. And a deep profound sadness. Inexplicable sadness. And please, when someone is grieving, stop trying to soup, try to be real spiritual and quote scriptures. They're in a better place. And, oh, my God, if they look back at you now, they would even want to come back. Please be careful. I hear people with a lot of jargon and they say stuff like they've never lost anybody. Don't try to be too spiritual. Sometimes the power of presence is better than words. The pain of grief can also disrupt your physical health. If you don't deal with grief right or in a healthy way, you yourself could have some problems with your own health, like health, like high blood pressure or mental health. You slip into deep depression. Insomnia follows people who are going through grief. You just wake up in the middle of the night. Sometimes people don't have an appetite and sometimes they get real hungry and they eat a whole gallon of haagen -Dazs. It has a way of dealing with you in unusual ways. Sometimes you just can't think straight. You can't set a course. You, everything seems to be vague. These are normal reactions. You're not, you're not a sinner. You're not unspiritual when it happens. It's normal to go through these stages. Let it happen. But the scripture says we don't grieve like the world grieves. In other words, we don't grieve as if we have no hope at all. And so I just want to encourage you that put your hope in Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. He went into the grave, came out of the grave, secured the next side for us. And our loved ones are safe in his arms. Glory. Hallelujah. The most significant loss and the more intense your grief, the more significant your loss, the more intense your grief will be. Doesn't mean the one that cries the loudest is grieving the most. Some people that cry the loudest is crying because they did less when they could have done more. So we want to make sure that the grief is intense, but also the person should be significant when the grief is intense. Coping with loss. How do you cope with loss? How do you deal? with laws. It's like the biggest challenge of all, coping with laws. It's more than words. It's seconds and minutes and hours and days and months and even years. Let me just throw it out there. Uh, God gives us about a year to deal with, with deep loss. I want to make sure you understand that. About a year, we should be able to, to reenact and reconnect. Uh, actually, if you're working, you can't take a year off when there's a loss. Bills still need to be paid. 
I'm really speaking to men right now. If you're the, you're the, the, the champion, you, you are standing strong with families. You have to be able to bear your grief and go to work and deal with it and show your children how to manage emotions. Remember, we don't grieve like everybody else grieves. We don't grieve like the world grieves. We grieve in a way that comes with knowledge. We also have experience. Believe me, I understand this. I deal with this several times per year. And every one of them is different. God gave us an opportunity to deal with my mother-in-law to be there when she took her last breath. I was holding her toe. The wife was singing over her. Singing over her, whispering into her ear. And she shed a tear. Glory to God. Never forget that scene. Never forget it. I believe that God wanted us to finish strong. And I saw the strength of God. I know mother's in a better place. This one, the tent was folding. This one couldn't handle her any longer. This tent. And if this earthly tabernacle be dissolved, we have a building not made with hands. Put your hope in God. Thank you, Lord. What a scene. The only daughter able to sing into the ear of a mother. I can hear the song, swing low, sweet chariot, coming for to carry me home. Hallelujah. There are five stages of grief. First one is denial. I just can't believe it. I can't believe this is happening. What? Who? What did you say? It is denial. Usually the denial doesn't last long, but it happens. I can't believe you called me with this. I can't believe what the doctor just said. I can't believe it. This is amazing. Devastating. Denial. But the next stage, and it is a stage that you're going to go through, is anger. This is when you need to be careful. It is a natural stage, but the scripture says anger, but sin not. Which means you can take your anger, even with words, to a place that God never designed for it to go. I don't believe in, but this is never real. I prayed and God didn't answer my prayer. Yes, he did. Life and death is in his power. You got to accept it. That is denial, then anger. Anger can shift now. Anger can become rage. It can become wrath. You can, you can sin with your anger. Remember the incident at Shechem. Remember the incident at Shechem. Where David went, I'm sorry, J Jacob went into league with the king of Shechem and the prince of Shechem. The, the prince violated his daughter. But, but Jacob went into league with him and they were working out the problem. But the two sons of Jacob, Simeon and Levi, they could not handle it. They felt their daddy was soft. So they're going to take the matter in their own hands. And they went in and killed all of the men at Shechem. Even when Jacob was about to die and he was blessing his children, he remembered the incident at Shechem and he withheld the blessing from Simeon and Levi. And it wasn't until Moses came along. 400 years later, when Moses comes off the mountain with the tablets and he saw the burning calf, he said, who's on the Lord's side? And the Levites say, we're with you, Moses. 
We're with you. When that happened, it pleased God and he lifted the curse off of Levi. He said, because you're still with Moses, now you're not outside of the camp anymore. I'm going to give you the blessing. I want you to be the one to serve in the house. An uncontrolled anger can hinder you from entering to the next dimension of service. It can hinder your blessing. Don't charge God foolishly when you go through trials. Grieve, but watch the anger. Go through the emotions, but be careful what you say. Be careful, little tongue, what you say. Be careful, little eyes, what you see. Be careful, little ears, what you hear while you're angry. God will give you the ability to control your tongue because life and death is in the power of your tongue. And you can pronounce perpetual death on your own life when you're angry. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I don't know if you notice it, but you'll see it in the scriptures. The Bible says that when, when Jacob is sitting, I'm sorry, when Joseph is sitting on the throne, one of the men that he took captive, one of the, the, the 12 brothers, the 11 brothers that he took captive was Simeon. Put him in prison just to test him. And I believe one of the reasons why he was chosen is because of the incident at Shechem. Be careful with your anger. Calm that down. For those of you that like to yell and to intimidate family members, that's not God. To young men who have single mothers and you speak sharply to her to get your way, it's not right. And little girls do the same thing. I need you to calm that down. You can disqualify yourself. Just saying the wrong thing at the wrong time. Insensitive. Don't do that to your mama. Anger can disqualify you. The third stage is bargaining. Please write it down. Bargaining. You'll bargain your whole life away. God, if you save my loved one, I'll do this. God, if you do that, making vows, I'll do this. I'm ready to give it all up. All of my proclivities and all of my weaknesses. Just don't allow this to happen. Bring them back. Make it, change it, God. Turn it around. You begin to bargain away chips that you really don't possess. When you're grieving, you should never go to Las Vegas. And when you're grieving, stop trying to lead. You need to back up a little bit and deal with the grief. You'll make promises that you can't keep. The fourth stage is depression. I can spend a whole week on it because it has levels in itself. Depression. And depression is real. You can't over-spiritualize it. You can't say to yourself, it's not me. People get depressed. Believers, we have a, a ladder extended into the pit of depression and you can climb out of it. Every time you take a step up, every time you take a step up, hallelujah, Holy Ghost is helping you to come up out of the pit. But you have to want to do it. Depression is a natural thing that we go through. Again, you're not trying to over-spiritualize it to say it doesn't happen to me. I've never been depressed. Everybody goes through it when you're grieving. But believers, we can come out of it. 
Even if you don't know who Jesus is, he will give you the strength to deal with it. You may need some help. You may need to sit down with a counselor, but you need to be able to come out of depression. It has its own vices within itself. A whole network of stuff that takes place in your life and in your body when you're depressed. Don't stay there too long. Grief and depression will even hinder your prophetic ability to hear from God clearly. Scripture says that God rejected Saul. He rejected him. He says, you're not my man anymore. I'm going to divide the kingdom. I'm going to take it from you. He told Samuel to tell him that. Samuel did so. And the spirit of God lifted off of Saul. And that same spirit rested on a young man by the name of David. The scripture says that Saul, that Samuel grieved over Saul. He was depressed. It was his pupil. He was his pupil. He's the one that showed him the way of the kingdom. He anointed him to be the first king of Israel. And when God lifted, when God said, I'm done, uh, Samuel felt, he kind of took it personal. Like, my God, my first pupil is lost. And he was grieving over it. Scripture said God told him to take his, his horn of oil and go down to Bethlehem and anoint the new king. He obeyed God. He's the premier prophet. He's the kind of person that even when he was young, he could hear the voice of God. Clearly, he had to tell Eli some things that God was saying because Eli couldn't hear his voice. But here, in this particular area or time in his life when he's grieving, he gets to Jesse's house and he looks at the first man and says, surely he's the anointed one. You must be the one that God is going to make king. God says, whoa, hey, your grief is so severe your, your prophetic ability to see has been hampered. And that's what happens sometimes. And that's why you got to watch the pressure. Because God can be sending a word to you. God can be giving you some direction. And you miss it. Because the grief is so severe. It took him seven, eight times to get it right. I want you to think about that. He's the premier prophet. The Bible says when he came in, whatever he said never fell to the ground. But when he's grieving, something happens to his ability to see and to hear clearly. He asked Jesse, do you have any more sons? Yeah, I got one out there in the field, but he's, he's young and tender and he's ruddy. He's, he's, he's red He's young, like 17. Go and get him. As soon as he saw him, God says, that's the one. That's the one. The one that you wouldn't prefer. You should have been able to catch that. You're the premier. You speak for God to the nations. And if it happened for Samuel, it'll happen for those of us who don't have that kind of platform. Depression will hinder your ability to hear and to see clearly. It's not just death. You may associate grieving with the death of a loved one, but it, it also covers other areas like divorce or relationship breakup. You grieve over that too. And a lot of people are still grieving over what happened. A lot of people are still angry over what happened. A lot of people are still bargaining because of what happened. A lot of people are in denial because of what happened. A lot of people are depressed 
Fifth stage is acceptance. Acceptance. You finally come to grips to say it is what it is. And I'm willing to accept it. But it can happen not only with the death of a loved one. It can happen when there's a divorce or a relationship breakup or loss of health. Something just happens. You get a bad report. This tent is not designed to last forever. Take care of it. What about losing your job? Hundreds, millions of Americans have lost their job in the last 15 months. Millions. And if you're working, you should be the first one to wave your hands in the air and wave them like you just don't care and say, oh yeah, to my preaching. God has been good to many of us. People are hurting all around the world. If you got a job, you got a flow, you should be saying thank you, Jesus. And break God off of peace. Let me say it again. Break God off a piece of it. People are losing their job. You have employment giving praise. But when you lose your job, you don't know what's happening. Like those jobs that were lost because of the pipeline. 11,000 people lost their job. When the president signed an executive order. Bam. Hopefully, they'll be able to get their jobs. But for those people, life changed. What do they do? If they don't have faith, what do they do? The money is not coming in. What do you do? It's easy to become bold when the money is flowing. When the money stops, grief kicks in. What about your loss of financial stability? Again, it follows the losing of a job or bad health. Here's a big one, sometimes with miscarriages. I pastor a, pastor a lot of people who have miscarriages, a lot of ladies who are carrying the seed, but for some reason the womb is not able to bring it to term. A miscarriage. Some people go through grief when they retire. Their whole significance or sense of self-significance is tied to what they do, not in the person of our Lord, or they may not be aware of that. Their significance is tied to what they do. You can even ask, well, who are you? I'm an engineer. I didn't ask you what you do. I said, who are you? What's your name? Oh, my name is Merton Clark. Okay, that's who you are, not what you do. What's your I'm Dr. So. <laughs> you didn't hear what I said? What's your name? Apostle? I'm the apostle. Okay, that's okay. Who, what's your name, though? I'm bishop. I'm the bishop. <laughs> Son, bishop, <laughs> bishop, sit down. You can't get tired in your titles, tied up in what people call you, or even what's over the door. Who are you as a person? Don't lose sight of that. Don't lose sight of that when you get married. Don't lose sight of that when you lose your job or you get employment. Don't lose sight of that when you're healthy. Don't lose sight of that when you retire. Keep your eye on the prize. Some people get really depressed when they lose a pet. So, well, Bishop, I don't care about pets. There are some people, their pet is like a family member. Thank you, Lord. When I was young, when Fluffy died, I cried. 
When Fluffy died, Fluffy was saving her pup on a railroad track and got hit. She was pulling her puppy off a railroad track. She had all of these puppies one time, man on our street, just ran over all of them. Well, they shouldn't have been in the road, but this is a neighborhood. He rides down there 60 miles an hour. We picked him up. My dad didn't even bury them. He just threw them at the ditch. The next morning, I was out there doing last rites on my puppies. Jesus, it was cold that day, too. I still remember, man, Ajax was just laying there. Ajax, come on, man. Don't tell me people don't get depressed or go through grief when they're pups. I went through it. What about the loss of a dream? You've been dreaming about doing things and it just never materialized. A loss. When a loved one goes through a serious illness like Alzheimer's. The loss of friendships. There are people today, you think your relationship with them is strong and deep. They can cut you loose and not speak to you for several years. You can be depressed over it. What about trauma? What if you get stormed and your family is with you in the Capitol building? What if you're a police officer and you get beat by flags? The flag that we're supposed to not kneel to. Or the flag that it's a dishonor when you kneel when it's flying. But some people take that same flag and try to impale you with it. Think about how ignorant that is. Even subtle losses in life can trigger a sense of grief. Remember, the grieving process is a highly individual experience. Sometimes you got to go through this tunnel by yourself. But we're not alone. Jesus is always with us. But you feel alone. And you have to go through it. Packing yourself with people is not going to change the fact. After a while, everybody goes home and you're left alone. You must be able to go through those stages. You got to go through those stages successfully. Remember, there's no right or wrong way to grieve. Just allow it to happen. God will bless you. Hopefully, this message is going to give you some tools so you can deal with grief in a successful or healthier way. Some people's personalities, they're very strong when they're happy and very, very frail when it comes to grief. You can't look at the external to judge it. It's very important to have friends when you grieve. Friends stick with you through thick and through thin. Don't tell me you don't need anybody. All of us need somebody. I grieve over this church. I long to see you. Paul said it like this to Timothy. Great, this is King James, greatly desiring to see thee, being mindful of your tears, that I may be filled with joy. I 
can't tell you how many times I've longed to see you. Wish we could fellowship like we used to. Wish we could hang out like we used to. And I know that day is coming. Right now we have to go through this process together. I've grieved over it. Hopefully you miss me too. I believe you are. I believe you do. But let me know every once in a while that you understand. Grief is gradual and healing is gradual. It doesn't happen overnight. The heart does not heal overnight. The pain, physical pain may be gone, but it takes time for you to recuperate. And God knows it. Whether you're in the stage of denial or anger or bargaining or depression, eventually you got to get to acceptance. I accept the fact that God has spoken and let the church say, Amen. I want to encourage you to cast every care on the Lord, for He cares for you. Isn't it good to know that Jesus cares? Isn't it good to know that not only does Jesus care, but the people that he's put in your life to watch over your soul cares. I care. The team here, the ministry cares. Your loved ones care. Your family members care. Let us strive to tighten the rope. Let's pull toward the center. Don't fragment or separate when you're grieving. Pull toward the center. Get the strength you need to be the man or woman of God that you need to be doing this time. And to men, straighten your spine. We work and we will. Don't come down off building. You got to work and will. We don't have the luxury to grieve for months and years and lose ourselves in the midst of it. We have sons, we have daughters, we have a wife, we have our, our loved ones that are dependent on us to stand strong. My simple message is you don't have to be so strong that you're not human. You don't have to fake that. You don't have to play that. It's okay to shed a tear. You heard me before. You shed a tear, but you don't weep. <laughs> Come on, man. Get yourself together. Do that in your closet. I let my daughter see me cry, but she doesn't see me lose it. It's just not something that I, I can handle. I want her to see that I'm human. When I cry, she won't run and get me tissue. I want her to see that, but I also want her to see her daddy. God has given me, he's equipped me with it to bear burdens. And when you're a burden bearer, you help people with their grief. Remember the power of presence. You don't have to say a lot. Just be a lot. You don't have to say a lot, but do a lot. And God will bless you. I perceive there are people who are listening to me who have never had a message on grief. And you've had to endure many struggles over the years without the tools. I want you to read Psalm 34, verse 17 through 20 again. 
Grief happens to all of us. Read the entire song. God will give you the tools. There are many verses in the Bible to help us with grief. But I felt like I needed to speak to this now. To the people of God. To the hearts of God's people. I love you. As your pastor and friend, I love you. To the world, Jesus loves you. And he's given me that love for you as well. Maybe it was last year or last month when you lost someone. I want you to know Jesus knows. Find the stage that you're in. Deal with that stage and believe God to help you to come out of it. And I believe he will. I'm about to pray and I want you to join with me in prayer. And God is going to bless you. He's going to honor you. He's going to strengthen you during this time. For some of you, this is for a future moment. You're not in it right now, but in a few days, a few months, a few years, you're going to have to walk through some things. And you'll be able to tap into this word and get everything you need for the moment. Christians in the attitude of prayer, believers, reverence, give reverence to this moment. Father, I thank you for those who may be struggling, to those who may not have the tools to deal with with grief until the word came forth. Father, thank you for the natural side of grief that would not to super spiritualize it, but there are many who tried to super spiritualize this moment. I pray for the strength and the tenacity to face it, eventually to accept it. God, I give you glory and praise for all that you do. Touch every grieving heart even on this Valentine's Day, there are people who are grieving. On Valentine's Day, touch each soul, each heart, each mind. That we will be able to turn our sorrows eventually into dancing. Giving you praise for those who crossed over. Thank you God that they're on the other side and they've entered into their reward. Give you glory and praise for helping us to vicariously tap into that moment. And absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And they're in your presence. They're in your light. They're in your brilliance. They're in your arms. Falling in love with Jesus is the best thing I've ever done. In his arms, I feel protected. And in his arms, Never ever disconnected. I bless you for them. Strengthen truth reveal. Strengthen the members of our church. Strengthen those who are connected with us around the world. And those who are not connected. Every soul is yours. And I bless every soul watching and connected today. In the matchless and most wonderful name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And let it be so. Let all believers say amen. It has been a real joy to share the word of God with you. A special thank you to those who care for this ministry. No amount of financial support is too small. It is because of you this ministry is possible. To support us, go to our website at truthrevealed.org. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and share with friends. 
Be sure to tag us when you share at Trim Nation One. Thanks again for listening. And until next time, I'll see you at the Word of Truth Revealed.